0: First, I'd like to just say cheers. Chin. Chin. (laughs) So for those of you who are listening right now, just to give you a visual. First of all, chin is the Italian way to say cheers. And there are certain parts of Italy where you cheers and then you put the glass on the table and then you drink. And before, when I was in Urbania, I was staying at this Airbnb with this two... This couple of these two women and they were from different parts of italy and one of them always did the chin and then put the cup down and the other one like never would and it was kind of this like tobacco around what's right and what's wrong um but we just said that to some cacao and i'm sitting here in this really old amazing the coolest place i've ever stayed because we're in modica which is actually famous for their chocolate and we're drinking cacao now Ironically, it's not Monica Cacao, it's Cacao from Bali, but that's another story. Um, and we're looking at the kitchen, and the kitchen is literally carved out of stone, and even the sink is carved out of stone. And it's just amazing um, for multiple reasons. The care, the intention, the even the heating and the cooling system, and just the, the age of this place. This uh, village is is truly stunning and beautiful and um, I always like to give you guys a little bit of a background on where I'm at and what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing. Um, being that this is not a, a visual like most of the videos but this is more of an audio I think it's kind of nice to even use your imagination kind of like an audiobook in some way shape or form. So anyways, today I'm really excited. You guys have been, if you've been tuning in, you've been hearing that I've been bringing Sprout on a lot more. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, I'm just getting to experience this human being more and more and just feeling more of the wisdom that he has to share. And also we're together a lot, so it makes for great conversations that can be shared. But what's interesting about Sprout is... Um, Well, my background, for a while, I was only working with men, and it was really beautiful because I, as a woman, have a strong connection to my masculine, which meant that I could resonate with them on a lot of levels and speak to them in ways which they could understand. But then there was a flip side to that, and not being in a male body um, and not knowing really how it felt to kind of switch the paradigm when it comes to um, learning how we show up in the world, especially as men, I I could talk about it theoretically. I know it needs to happen, but yet actually being in a male body and going through that process of what it's like, I really didn't have much to speak into. So, thus I would bring in different men to speak into these pieces that I felt embodied parts of what I feel is really the wound that the masculine is really wanting the masculine is really craving even if they don't logically know it and this is something that i honor you sprout for is the work that you've done when it comes to leaning into the feminine Mm. and what i mean by that for we have people who listen to the podcast from all over different streams and different sources and different backgrounds and Again, if you're confused at all in the feminine and the masculine and still think that they have anything to do with gender, please check out all the other episodes I've done on masculine and feminine. But Sprout, what I see in you is your ability to be in a male body, but yet listen to the wisdom of your feelings. And not only listen to the wisdom of the feelings, but give those feelings of space giving your feminine space and in that process of you feeling yourself giving yourself space to feel and then from that space giving yourself a voice I just feel that so many more layers of depth in relationship are possible and so I'm curious I mean, it's a big, it's such a vast topic. I'm almost like, I don't even really know where to begin. I don't really want to go into story of like what got you there, but I don't know. I guess my, my question just to begin this is what do you feel when you hear me speak into these different pieces and these different layers and as a man and knowing what's going on for a lot of men doing a lot of the work that you do, what do you feel like is key when it comes to helping men understand this pivotal piece around, how the feminine is so incredibly important in every single being on this planet and giving it space and a feeling is crucial to that.
1: Mm. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for giving me space to feel... And what came up to me and what came to me in that moment as I felt. It was a key piece and I realized you said something and I was like, Well that doesn't quite line up and you said what is the key piece for men? And I realized as you said that I, I was like, this is a key piece for humanity. This is a key piece for how the masculine shows up for the feminine regardless of body type. Mm. And the deeper I reached into my soul and found my feminine, if you will, I found societal constructs that didn't actually understand vulnerability. Mm. Like people might speak of vulnerability thinking that they understand it, and I can speak of the beginning where I really became aware that I didn't know what vulnerability was. Such a pivotal point in my experience in which I was in a relationship for almost 10 years and for about two years, I, there was something going wrong and I couldn't voice that. I'm not going to play this. I I wasn't man enough to admit to my partner there's a problem no I just didn't know what vulnerability was I didn't know how to expose myself I can play the card of being I'm a man I should know I should know about how to be sexual I should know how these connections work and I should have this all figured out I can play with that a little bit but that piece was my lack of vulnerability not being able to come to my partner and express Uh, That was the first real like hit of like, wow, I don't know how to be vulnerable. And what that led to, when I saw that piece and the next relationship I went to, the next deep relationship I went to, the only thing I told her, was like, I can't promise you anything except for when there's an issue, I will share it. Will not hide it from you. Will not hide myself from you. So mm. I was teaching myself about vul- vul- vulnerability, and I got into that relationship, and and in that, I was still learning. I was still learning, like what's vulnerability. Um, so I've gone deep down this whole rabbit hole of vulnerability, and and as I explore masculine and feminine dynamics, I realize. Like, the masculine is clear, direct, and has purpose, and it's, it's, like, knows where it's going. It has all the answers. The Feminine is chaos, is, like, doesn't know what's going on, but ultimately is just the feeling. It maybe is in completely, it maybe is complete alignment with what's going on, but because of the, the depth of the feminine, the emotional body, it feels maybe not grounded. Mm. Um, So as I've gone through this journey and with that relationship, and I'm still in that relationship actually that I told her that I would be open, I would tell her when there's a problem, I'll be vulnerable with her. Uh, Within the context of working through that relationship, learning about vulnerability, I started getting into deeper layers of vulnerability. And then I started being able to reflect on where people couldn't, because I was starting to get vulnerability and I was practicing over and over again. And noticing people would call me out and be like, that's not vulnerable. And then I would like feel myself and like, oh, yeah, you're right, that's not vulnerable.
0: And when you say that, that's not vulnerable, like they would call you out and not, what, um, can you give us an example? I think this would be good for the audience.
1: So, let's explore a little bit about what vulnerability is. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability, at the core, Is exposing oneself to attack Mm. so basically opening one's heart to the most tenderest places and saying here I am
0: Mm.
1: not laying blame on another it's like sure there's layers of vulnerability that are just that's kind of vulnerable but then it's like once you start to really open to like where it you start to tremble. Your being starts to tremble because you want to share something. Like, you want to share that you want to break up with your partner and you're trembling. You know, they're coming home in an hour and you're trembling. You're like, whoa, I, I, I want to break up with my partner and this is really feeling like, "Whoa." That's vulnerability. Mm. That's depth of vulnerability. Mm. Vulnerability doesn't have to feel that intense. It could just be little, but all of it's practiced to understand. But the piece that really exposes you and the deepest, darkest, most exposed space, that's the depth of your vulnerability.
0: Mm, I like this. I I like where this is going because when I hear and feel the bigger picture of just being able to be seen, essentially seen in all of you, and the totality of you, which means that we're dissolving these stories of what's right and what's wrong and what's going to be loved and what's not going to be lovable, then all of a sudden it dissolves these shadows and also these uh, stories around how we have needed to hide parts of ourselves in order to be loved by the other which is essentially allowing you to really find true love for yourself because here's something that I've, you know, struggled with when for instance when clients come to me and they're they're working on self self-worth, right? Self-worth and self-love. There's a huge industry now in self-love, right? And the biggest piece around that is just the the, the story that is riddled in all of our societies in different ways around you can't show this aspect of yourself or you can't say that thing or you can't do that thing or that thing's ugly or all of these parts that you need to hide from the rest of the world, which means you're not accepting them yourself, which means that if there's this thing that like I've been taught by my mom to hide because... If I expose that, then nobody's going to love me. Then, therefore, I'm not loving myself. And, therefore, I'm projecting my biggest fears and my insecurities on anyone else that I see might have something either the same or similar or or even different because I'm trying to hide and trying to be this model of perfect. And so, um, yeah, I mean, what I'm really feeling into when, when I hear the share is, like, this is really the key of dissolving the layers that essentially keep us separate from Ours from each other and also from falling into deeper love with oneself and therefore others despite their backgrounds or what they believe or what they look like or any other story we've been taught to believe to be true
1: mm. Beautiful. I want to uh, add in there as you speak into this dissolving um, when I get into vulnerability and I don't want the audience to believe that um, that we can make anybody be vulnerable, or that they can understand vulnerability, or you can't shove vulnerability down there somebody's throat. Like just like saying you can't go to somebody and say, "I know you're feeling something. Let what 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 are you feeling?" This piece let's say in the common dynamic between men and women where a man is feeling things but doesn't know how to express it he doesn't know how to give a voice to his to his feminine now she's getting upset that he can't give a voice but he doesn't know how to open up that vulnerability because he's deathly afraid Mm -hmm. he's not bad or wrong Mm -hmm. how do you as a woman hold space for that how do you accept exactly how he is
0: well, this is, I mean, this is a good question and, and I would love to actually just pause here and dive a little bit deeper into that because how, how do you hold space for that when someone is so closed off to feeling that you, cause I feel like as women, we can feel that there's something that wants to be. But yet, um, with someone who's so deeply conditioned not to allow that feeling in, you're like, babe, talk to me. Like, I'm here for you. I I really want to just know like what's going on and nothing comes out. And this is repetitive over years and then it gets pushed down and then it comes out as anger or it comes out as frustration or it comes out as how do you handle that? How would a woman help you as a man who's learning to tap into that space? open up
1: into that. Hmm. So I want to play around with that a little bit. Um, And bear with me, uh, audience, and I know that some of these terms might be a little uh, far-reaching, but you played a card in which I automatically noticed, and what you played with was that let's say the female counterpart in this relationship wants clarity from this man's emotions so he is feminine is feeling things and he doesn't know how to f- express them so there's a vulnerability playing out and you can't really shove anything when somebody's being vulner- when somebody's feeling vulnerability it's scary it can be scary the less scary it is the more easy it is to just say it mm-hmm. actually and so Um, now you're a partner and you see this playing out something's happening you can feel it and you can be the woman you're like I know something's happening I can feel it I'm a woman that is the masculine approach that's how the female approaches in the masculine actually lacks vulnerability Hmm. lacks receptivity to this man's feminine Hmm. ultimately defeats his vulnerability Hmm. not because they're wrong just the approach is just much more masculine. The masculine wants clarity. So this person's going through this experience that doesn't know how to express... This man is going through this experience, doesn't know how to express it, and the woman is coming along trying to make him express it. Like, I need clarity. Give me clarity. Like, what's happening?
0: I just want to pause on that. I don't necessarily believe or feel that they will be coming off that direct. Just, just I'm saying, essentially, that oftentimes women know when there's a piece playing out they can come to them softly as well just saying like hey i can feel that something's wrong it doesn't mean that they're being direct and just for clarity
1: yeah and i'm playing with the like more exaggerated approach of like what's happening like who knows what the the piece might not be that vulnerable like i don't know I, i don't know the whole scenario but i'm playing with the exaggeration of it just for okay uh just to to allow the audience to feel a little Um and so if we look at um just this piece of piece of holding space and you and I are doing it quite well actually. And ultimately when I look into it it's like all I can do is like is there anything if you're feeling vulnerable and I can feel something's going on, I can come to you and just express Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything you'd like to share? Can I run you a bath? Um, is there anything you'd like to talk about? And this is the receptive piece. Mm. <clears throat> once, I start, once I start digging in towards them, mm. like there's an underlying expectation that they do something for you. But if that man, or same with women, like it's the same thing playing out, if that man is feeling vulnerable and then all of a sudden feels like he has to have an answer for you or has to do something or has to say something to appease you, Mm. well, his feelings kind of stop and he might get into defensiveness. And so the piece about vulnerability in a dualistic experience, when the Uh, the partner that's being vulnerable and the partner that's looking to hold space is just like really tuning into actually holding space and being receptive because to the to the person that's going through the vulnerability Mm. their feminine is feeling these these things and they don't know Mm. they don't
0: know hmm so one of the key things it's interesting as I'm feeling into this and I'm feeling into even just looking at past experiences let's say three years ago there's one relationship that happened about three and a half years ago in my experience in particular that is very strong on my mind and I hadn't done as much work in relating and um, especially in open fields this was kind of like my first beginning of it and what I noticed now and what I'm hearing from this kind of conversation is just the main thing that anyone and and yes we're playing with the, the male and female dynamics, but of course it goes in all different perspectives and that's that's to say with anything that I do and or we do I feel together if we're speaking to male and female for a large percentage of people, it helps. They want to be in boxes, you know, like they want to be in like, oh yeah, I'm a male so I can relate to this. Or, oh yeah, I'm a female so I can relate to this. This is for me. And ultimately at the end of the day, what we're really speaking to is the energetics. Like who's playing with the male, male polarity more? Who's playing with the female polarity more? And this shows up in, you know, um, two women dating, men dating, probably whatever. It doesn't really matter. But Ultimately, what I'm mainly hearing in this piece for the audience is if they're wanting to lean more into the feminine and to be seen more and to be received more and to be open more and to have even, let's say, deeper love and, and deeper transparency and ultimately deeper connections not only to themselves but also in, in relationship, the biggest piece is just becoming aware when there's a feeling coming out coming up whether you're witnessing it in yourself or you're witnessing it in someone else it's just about becoming aware of that feeling and i not necessarily identifying it by saying oh there's this feeling this means it's anxiety or depression or fear you don't necessarily have to label it but just by bringing awareness to the feeling and vocalizing the feeling itself maybe even over the emotion. Um, You know, one of the things that we play with often is like, okay, I'm feeling pressure, or I'm feeling a contraction, or I'm feeling really heavy, or I'm feeling really distant. None of those really, I feel, you know, one of the things that I work a lot with, especially in my private clients, is really changing um, or separating feeling from emotion, because emotion oftentimes is the story of the mind that we label to the feeling, And it's based on something that's happened to us before. So it's like last time I was going to break up with, or my partner was going to break up with me, I felt a lot of anxiety. I could feel it was coming. And oh my God, I'm having this feeling. It feels like it's anxiety. Oh my God, this is what, and then that's when the story starts, you know? And so what I'm hearing, that might be a very powerful tool for those audience members listening is to give more spaciousness and more awareness to the feeling itself. Mm step one and step two start to learn how to give that feeling a voice mm. Mm.
1: so i'll play into that a little bit um speaking in, speaking into yeah maybe a tool that i like to use and it comes from uh Taoist uh, background of understanding my gut um, my gut is my intuition also known as the Dantian and it's this piece of uh, piece of me that simply is an expansion or a contraction and that expansion and contraction is actually how I oh I also see it as uh, communicating with the universe I don't want to get too woo woo but I see it's like actually like The whole universe is expanding and contraction and my belly is mirroring that experience. So anything that's being felt in the field, Mm -hmm. in my relationships with anybody, all I can really say that's true is I can feel an expansion and contraction. Mm -hmm. I don't have a meaning over the expansion and contraction. I simply have an expansion and contraction. Mm -hmm. And I could make a meaning and I could turn it into an emotion and then I could make a thought around that. Uh, But I can trust the feeling. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't trust whether the feeling is right or wrong, mm-hmm. a contraction doesn't necessarily mean that...
0: It's good or bad. That or it's
1: good or right. bad. It's just like, ooh, that feels like a contraction. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So, like, what does that ultimately... How does that affect me? Mm-hmm. And that oftentimes that contraction in life is how... If I look at that contraction, that's what steer, steers us. Mm-hmm. Something that plays out inside of our body and it causes this contraction, which causes a fear, which causes anger or anxiety. And so we avoid that mm-hmm. thing because that... That contraction, we all want that. Like, that felt yeah. not good. So we're not going to do that. Because that feels like, intuitively, that's not the right way to go. And I, I, I see the validity in that. But I begin to explore these, this piece of, like, if I drop the story
0: mm-hmm.
1: of a contraction meaning anything, and I just give space to this contraction, and that contraction can also be pressure on the heart. It could feel like, uh, th- on the throat. Mm-hmm. It can feel like pressure on the throat, and I don't have a voice. <laughs> It can play out in many ways, but at the very base of it, when I speak in a contraction and I and in relationship I can play with this. Nobody can say that my contraction is wrong or bad or
0: anything. Mm-hmm. So if I
1: say, hey, that made me feel contraction, can you just hold space for that? Well what is that contraction saying? Mm. Oh. Yeah, well it says these things. I don't know if they're true and I'd love to like lean into this. And so when I express to you or to anybody in my relationship feel like I feel a contraction. I don't need you to give an answer for my contraction. Mm. I just need you to give help me give space to that contraction.
0: Mm.
1: Knowing that that contraction could be a false signal in my body. Mm-hmm. And I have a blog post from a, a, like years ago all about the nervous system and, and how it's there to make you feel safe, but it, inherently it has a lot of false signals playing out due to traumas, wounds, and all kinds of subconscious patterning. So... Yeah, beginning to explore vulnerability and the feeling is so imperative without, mm. without any projections. And when we're in a relationship, it's very important to realize that when somebody's sharing their feeling, their vulnerability and their feeling, it's 100% true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The story may not be true. So I like to just focus on the feeling a little bit. And we can talk about the story, and that can actually, for me, most of the time, the story becomes quite funny, because I've noticed over time, especially being in open relationship fields, is I feel contractions, because of my lovers are with other lovers, and I feel these contractions, and then I get to notice the story, and then the story is actually totally out of alignment with what happens. Like, oh, she's spending the night with that guy, and they are doing very bad things, and I don't want them, to, like, oh my god, and it like, turns out she was with her friend at a movie. And i like, whoa, actually, okay. Yeah, thank you, body, for like giving me these signaling. Yeah. And thank you for the alignment that I get to realign myself from the inside out so that I'm not being torn apart by these contractions. That,
0: mm.
1: And then through that experience, I have less and less contractions. And the contractions become more fine-tuned with what's playing out because I become energetically connected to the field. Because before, I used to not be able to feel, I mean, mainly tried to numb the contractions, and now I'm, like, Mm. in touch with them. Hmm. Mm.
0: It's interesting, just being, you know, in this space, in this container with you, just sharing with the audience a little bit more, maybe exposing myself a little bit more, and... um, being in the experience when you're going through this process with someone, um, I'm witnessing myself. Like for instance, in our relating, you know, witnessing myself like the moment something's wrong with you, I want to fix it. <laughs> you know, which is so funny because it's like t- typically like the masculine is desire to want to like fix or change, and and in all reality, like w- relating with myself for however many years I've been alive. It's like, oh, well, if something's wrong with me, like, I'm going to fix it. I can fix me, but I can't fix you, and it's not my job to fix you. And so it's really interesting, like, um, knowing that consciously, being in the experience, feeling it to be something different, and then hearing and doing this podcast with you, it's almost like I'm, like... um, in a therapy role outside of myself like with you witnessing and like it's just really interesting
1: you mean therapy on yourself
0: yeah therapy on like myself getting to reflect through, and look at yourself yeah through this conversation which gives me better perspective which helps me understand myself and my subconscious patterns and habits and also relate this to the audience in a way that they can begin to feel and understand that this how this plays out for let's say a woman as well And just being, you know, honest and authentic in that share. Mm. Um, Because, yes, although I intend to create... I feel like this is a bigger blockage primarily for men of being able to speak their vulnerabilities because of the cultural conditioning. That doesn't mean that women don't prevent them from being able to lean into and share their vulnerabilities Mm. by their conditioning, um, I feel like we could do a whole another podcast on that. Mm. I mean, there's just so many, there's so much that comes through in our relating and our sharings and in these episodes. And
1: um, um, I would like to, I'd like to lean into that a teeny bit and speak as you, uh, just as a generalization that men are faced with these uh, blockages the most, and I, I see the generalization playing out and. um in general, there's a truth to it, um, and the more in touch with my own feminine, the more embodied I become in my feminine, and I can, f- I can. There's a lot of embodied feminine that don't necessarily have the conscious understanding. Yeah, the masculine isn't as strong, um, so it's not fully aware of its vulnerability. And what I see in that experience is a lot of women overstepping. My vulnerability, actually. So I noticed the masculine in women like wants an answer, wants clarity, like wants to fix the problems. Mm-hmm. And so then all I can reflect is, like, well, how difficult is this for men to be vulnerable if these women aren't actually showing up in the receptivity that they want the men to have? Totally. They want the men to be receptive. Yes. Just hear me out. Hold me. Yeah. Love me. And then when they, the men can't be vulnerable and the women are like well what's wrong why don't you just tell me what's wrong and just like even just the slightest thing is like it's so tender yeah yeah and the piece that is true that often gets projected on men Mm -hmm. is that it's because men have such a strong ego Mm. no the masculine is on the other side of the ego the feminine is within the vulnerability so you have to, to get through the ego to get to the feminine you got to go through the ego through the, into the vulnerability and so as we stretch our being the masculine and feminine inside of our inside of ourselves the the inner marriage we get to play witness to this whole thing playing out and so i get back to that key piece of understanding vulnerability mm-hmm. because both men and women have an ego mm-hmm. and Where the ego comes in and gets defensive, tries to protect, looks for answers. It's not wrong to have the answers, Mm -hmm. but it's imperative to start to look at this relationship that we're having and look at, are we actually holding vulnerability? So when I feel a contraction, when you express something and I feel a contraction then I have to notice my contraction. I feel this contraction, and typically what happens when I have a contraction, when anybody has a contraction, they try to react. They try to fix the scenario, they try to react. And so when I have a contraction, I have to be aware enough to notice I'm having a contraction, and I can express, oh, that made me feel a contraction. Um, but then if I'm even more aware, I can start to look at, well, what is... Okay, I feel a contraction based off what she's saying, What does vulnerability want here? Because my vulnerability wants to be held in this contraction. And is she being vulnerable? So I don't want to react and overstep you because of what you said, but maybe what you said was actually trying to be vulnerable. And because I'm reacting, I don't even see your vulnerability. I'll step right over it because my feminine is freaking out. And these are like deeper layers. And so this is... The, an imperative piece of why I say that vulnerability and really really starting to dive into it is quite imperative to how we show up for the feminine and honor the feminine within all of us
0: mm. 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 yeah it's the piece I mean that's so why I feel that there can be another episode on that last part because I'm, yeah, we we spoke about this a bit, um, and I think it's important to address. I think it's absolutely important to address, and this is a lot of the work that I'm doing with the women in the Goddess Collective experience, which is just from my own experience of like being so in the masculine because I, that's what society teaches us, and as a collective to be in the masculine, whether you're male or female, especially if you're in the workforce, you know? Um, and with a mother who was my mother essentially and my father, she did a great job. She was super in her masculine. I didn't have any real role models of how to be in the feminine, especially being on my own, you know, since 17. It's like, okay, have fun. It's like, well, I gotta figure this shit out, you know, I gotta be safe, you know? So yeah, this is a large part of the the work that I'm continuing to do both with myself and help women through and I appreciate you for being a really beautiful reflection and a beautiful mirror that's helping me see these deeper layers of vulnerabilities and aspects of myself that I wouldn't get the chance to see if I wasn't in relation because they show you parts of yourself that you might not desire to see sometimes but the parts of yourselves that (laughs) ultimately are the pieces of you that are
1: just asking to be witnessed that are uh, an integral piece of our integration into wholeness Mm. yeah Yeah. and uh, stepping away from the separation that the ego holds us in Mm. so as we dig through these shadows and we relate it's for me it's the most beautiful space to grow Mm. because we get so close and i i understand the depth and the difficulties of digging through this the mud and i also understand having beautiful loving relationships um this is why you know i'm we're using I'm totally into relationships as my spiritual path. Relationships as a path to growth. Like, what are we actually doing here? What's the intention of this? Mm-hmm. Beyond just having kids and a family and all this, this uh, stereotypical story. Like, what are we actually doing here? And for me, in alignment to my soul and my purpose, I'm changing the world from the inside out. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah well on that note i'm like looking at the the battery life here i know you need to change the batteries you bought batteries and i haven't put them in yet but i'm seeing that it's close and this is such a good episode that i would hate for it to cut out we've had battery challenges already today (laughs) um but yeah for any of the viewers listeners i guess in this case that are watching and if you guys are interested in more of this work that sprout does or that sprout and i are doing together we're doing and creating actually that's why we're in italy using uh this practice and this process to bring deeper depth of in layers of intimacy and ritual and practice and pleasure and what are the five p's no i don't want to go there just kidding
1: (laughs) power (laughs) purpose pleasure presence and passion
0: passion. into your life using your life force energy sex energy to fuel you in multiple ways that is going to be an online course it can be both for singles and for couples i mean i think it's going to be great for those singles who are wanting to deepen and to bring and to hold bring other people into the magic of what's possible in the bedroom create deeper connections and relationships and Also, Sprout has a YouTube channel now where it's called Intimacy Unleashed. That's where you can find any of Sprout's things. I will put them in the bio here. Uh, He has a YouTube channel under that handle where he'll be sharing just personal videos, videos with his other lover, Yanni, um, and other videos that come up in in the vortex. He also has an Instagram, Intimacy Unleashed, and his website also, Intimacy Intimacy Unleashed. Say that three times fast, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Also follow him him on Facebook as well because those are different stories, and there's just all kinds of goodness coming out of this beautiful being. So I'm not gonna talk about the workshops because we've already done that. And the other ones and talk about them and more. I mean, I guess since I brought up the workshops, okay. So we're doing workshops in Holland.
1: <laughs> we're doing. Uh, I would like to step out of the workshops and move into we are doing experiences yeah sacred temples super sacred temples um i came up with the idea actually it was a co-creative idea actually erotic prayer you came up with erotic play at one mm-hmm. point you said it and i was like i felt into that and i, I don't know weeks later i was like we got to do this and it was erotic prayer and it's yeah it's lining up for us to do this we're going to do a, a two and a half day sacred temple in amsterdam and then in switzerland, switzerland and probably in thailand and probably in copenhagen and uh, bali maybe um, even in india and we might go start going longer too and it's a deep process in which we create a collective field we create a collective field of opening up our energetic channels and using prayer ritual and magic to align ourselves with our purpose so the collective field stepping into the transpersonal where it's not about it's not necessarily about what do i want and what do i like what am i trying to get yeah it's not so much about the ego but it's about surrendering into the divine and channeling that into purpose Mm. so that we do collectively start to really come together
0: yeah yeah
1: Uh, So there'll be all kinds of consent things. Uh, There'll be beautiful things coming through.
0: That's actually how we met. (laughs) So it's funny that that's going to continue to be the magical thread. So anyways, Anyways, um, this battery situation is happening. And it's been a beautiful episode. It's been a beautiful conversation. And once again, I just thank you for creating this beautiful high vibrational relationship to which I can lean into and
1: expand into mm-hmm. and grow with and, you can and, you, you yeah. the more you can lean into your contraction the more you can expand so it's quite imperative you understand that it's not all just roses and fairy tales
0: yeah and we try to share that a lot on the Facebook and other platforms so be sure to follow us because you'll get all the dirty details on <laughs> our expansions and, and try our some. laughter with that as well and contractions. All right. That's it. We're a wrap. Thank you, Sprout. Wrap.
1: We're wrapping. Wrapping it up. up.
0: <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on Driven for Purpose. I cannot tell you how much your support means. If you found this content helpful in any way, shape, or form, I would love it if you share this with your friends and family. If you haven't yet already done so, please go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help us rank higher, which means more people can get inspired by this content. And together, we can support one another to continue on our journey towards our highest and best selves. I'll catch you next week.